It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. You are listening to the Mother of All Talk Shows podcast with George Galloway. We have Gadi Francis in Lebanon on the line now. I hope, Gadi, welcome. Hello. How nice to hear you and see you. Uh, we had a bit of problem with the picture earlier, but now uh, you're looking uh, resplendent as always. Uh, Thank you. First of all, let's, uh, let's start with where you are, um, and then we'll go uh, down the coast a bit, as well as up the coast a bit. Uh, what's happening in Lebanon? Uh, the last we heard, uh, ministers were being forced out of your government because of criticisms they had made uh, of the Saudi massacre of the innocents in Yemen. And the economy was in free fall and the streets were full of people trying to force the government out. What happened next? Well, actually, it's a political deadlock alongside with uh, maybe one of the worst uh, economic meltdowns uh, in the recent uh, history. It's the biggest Ponzi scheme ever. You have a bankrupt situation for a, a sectarian uh, regime that was built on a deal, on a very fragile deal after the civil war. And, you know, things kept on escalating. What's happening in Lebanon now is that the, the political elite that was always uh, chosen based on religion, based on this tri tribal kind of politics, is now uh, uh, trying to, to keep their heads, whether it's from, uh, from uh, uh, asking them about the corruption, uh, corruption, whether it's from imprisonment, or just to take like a ticket for the presence in the future of Lebanon. Um, we, have, we are not well, we are not well, but, uh, but actually the political deadlock as usual in a country as small and polarized and divided as Lebanon, it was always coming from the outside for us. So unfortunately, this, uh, this reality that we're living in is probably, there's no end in sight for it until we see an end or something blooms for the rest of the region, for Syria, for Palestine, for Iraq. It's a very small country, sir, and you've you known it, you've lived in it, you've witnessed uh, uh, our history more than myself, I suppose. Um, there's no change in sight. It's just like the deep state kind of sectarian tribal uh, uh, power fighting uh, for the for their to to be there in the future. We're we're thinking about the the whole political system might change. We're thinking a war might happen. We're thinking no, maybe just an election, and then we go further like we did in the 2005. Because you you know and you recall something similar is is happening in Lebanon, but with different nomenclature and details. I I think we really uh, we're really waiting for other countries to fix their stuff, and then who's gonna lead us next? You know the proxy warfare that is in the region. Has, uh, 
has taken its toll on us. And just in your introduction, the way you introduced, uh, actually Saudi Arabia was looking for an excuse to do that in, in terms of Lebanon because they failed once again, like after years of trying, they failed to remain in the Lebanese politics. Their main man is outside the country. Uh, and they don't want anything to do with Lebanon. So they waited to get to dig up uh, uh, just something he said on TV, which is basically 80% of the, the whole globe is saying. He just said it's uh, this war is pointless. You know, he, he didn't even uh, he didn't even talk anti-Saudi. And then they, they did this whole uh, campaign against Lebanon and against the Lebanese government uh, because they took this like as a chance. And they they continue to do the same. So until Saudi Arabia gains its sanity back, until uh, Syria blooms in the, the political uh, future, the political uh, compromise that will happen, until we know what's going to happen in Palestine, we're always going to be the most volatile uh, country in the most volatile region in the world. Well, as you uh, said, um, I, I know your country very well. I did live in it a long time ago. Uh, and I, I, my heart bleeds. I bleed with you, in fact, uh, yeah. as you are cut from one side and the other. The uh, indivisibility of Lebanon with the fate of Syria is obvious. So let's go there next. The sanctions against Syria are, of course, in practice, sanctions against Syria and Lebanon. The presence of Takfiri uh, fanatics in their tens of thousands in Syria uh, obviously had its echo in Lebanon. Uh, but the Syrians and their allies have prevailed, although not yet finally conquered. The ISIS-Al-Qaeda challenge for state power, thank God, in Syria has failed. And now some of the satrapies in the Gulf that paid for the whole ISIS-Al-Qaeda uh, war in Syria are now re-establishing relations uh, with yeah, Syria. Uh, is this a sign of hope, do you think? Well, we don't know at what cost, sir. You know what? What we learned in the in the few years and in, in the in the in the ten year uh, war that is in Syria that there's always something hidden or something being cooked. Whether it's with the Turks in the northern eastern uh, uh, part of Syria, whether it's uh, about the Golan Heights, whether it's about the internal politics. If it's gonna if he's gonna give if the presidency or the Syrian state would give some uh, compromises internally for the Islamists, there's always all this that's being talked about, you know, uh, that's being discussed. I think Syria, uh, in the terms of everybody wanted Syria out, they were like the, the outcasts in the whole global community, and then they're coming back. You see the GCC countries coming back. This, of course, is a mark of a new era for Syria, and it prevailed with the help of Russia, basically, and Iran. So I think it's now we really need to look at Syria from the macro point of view. We really need to look at it linked to Turkey and then you go northern uh, to Russia and to what's happening to the whole uh, reshuffling of the of the powers. I don't know if the American uh, administration, the Biden administration would would be really different from the Obama one since it has its same musketeers you know so we don't know what's going to happen in the future of syria they say yes they come back but in this in the same time you have the caesar actions and you have israeli airstrikes in a 
uh, almost weekly uh, pace. So I think everything is pretty mixed up in Syria, and it, it will have to do with the, with the coming months and how Syria is going to come back with its relationships to other Arab countries and whether that would really mean that it's the beginning of a new uh, age for Syria. Now, if uh, Syria and Lebanon are indivisible, so is Lebanon Pal and Palestine. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Uh, yeah. Because you have, apart from anything else, Uh, you have uh, at least a million, maybe more, Palestinian refugees living in your country all this time, uh, mainly from 48, but also some more in 1970 after uh, Black September. Uh, and of course, the, there are millions of uh, Lebanese people who care very deeply about the situation in Palestine. You're an expert on this. You've uh, been to Gaza. You've written about it made uh, films about it, we've talked about it. How do you see the situation now in Palestine? Well, sir, I'm, I must thank you for restating the, the truth that everyone wants to deny. We are indivisible. I, I, I mean, Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, and Palestine, this is, everything is happening, and Jordan, in the middle of all that. It's, if we look at it in the same, uh, uh, like in the same, Uh, follow of events or flow of events, it all started in Palestine. It all started in occupying Palestine. We don't have a problem with the world. We are not terrorists. We just have a living with daily danger that would come and, and design all these uh, uh, different titles to do the colonization, to do the, 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 the apartheid state, to do the ethnic cleansing. That's where our problem is. It is in Palestine. This is why they are uh, uh, they are do doing all they're doing about Syria or Lebanon. It's because we're just right next door to the world's favorite uh, expansionist and uh, racist. And I think uh, what's happening in Palestine is the only uh, bright thing that I can look at as a Lebanese sitting here in, in this uh, nonsense that's happening in my country directly in this economic collapse and political deadlock and all that. When I look on, on Palestine, when I look to Palestine and I look at the Generation Z, when I see the prisoner escape that happened, when I look at Hisham Abu Hawash yesterday, like reforming the rules of engagement uh, to, to the whole Palestinian people and the whole Palestinian resistance, we must uh, see these changes that are happening happening inside Palestine, and uh, maybe this is the only hopeful thing I can look at. I mean, yesterday, like the past week, uh, 
a Palestinian teenager was beaten up in Janine, but the next day and the third day, this, he was beaten up by the Palestinian Authority, which is like they do the Israeli dirty work inside. But after that, we saw that spark of teenagers all over the West Bank, from Beit Lahem, from Ramallah, from Nablus, from every city in there, these kids, these are grown men, but these teenagers, they are saying, no, we're here and we have a different say, whether it's about the Sheikh Jarrah, like we witnessed a few months ago, or uh, with, the, with the, uh, what's happening in this week. This is a new generation, sir, in Palestine that is already making a different link. I mean, now you have a small skeleton forming that is linked to it, the Generation Z and their social media and their protests. And... Uh, the evictions and the Israelization of Jerusalem and Muhammad al-Kurd and the whole movement and the resistance, the armed resistance that would uh, uh, come out and say you will not do this to the prisoners because if you kill him, if he's, if he's dead, if Hisham Abu Hawash is dead, I will consider this an assassination and there will be retaliation and then the next day Israel forced to and obligated to free Hisham Abu Hawash, the longest hunger strike. These are things that would, weren't happening before. This link between the prisoners, the thousands of prisoners, and let me state and restate here that there are 1,595 people arrested for no reason, without charge, without access to evidence against them under the system that they call it the administrative detention. So this man was uh, was uh, arrested for no reason, for no charge, and then he did the longest hunger strike. And when they didn't want to let him out, you see Ziyad Nakhali, you see a leader from the armed resistance, from Islamic Jihad, uh, pointing out that if he dies, we will consider it assassination. And then the next day, the Israelis were forced to free Hisham Abu Hawash. This, this incident, Hisham Abu Hawash incident, is is redefining the rules of engagement. Uh, and all, all these things that are happening, Gaza, the armed resistance, the Generation Z, the youth, and um, this uh, prisoner uh, revolution uh, that is happening, I think it's like different than what we used to uh, understand about Palestine. There's a new alliance between the, the forces of revolution from all these generations, and I hope uh, that with this new year, like I read, I previously read in an article while preparing myself to talk to you, sir, it's, uh, some uh, analysts from inside Palestine call it, it's the year of the prisoners, because they're going to do a lot if it started like that. Well, that's a very positive note to finish on. I'm deeply grateful to you. I hope we can talk more regularly, maybe a report from you from the uh, from the Middle East. You're part of the Middle East, at least. It's a pleasure always to have you on the show. Radi Francis, thank, thank you, for, you the opportunity. for uh, joining us. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.